Close your eyes. No, seriously. Close your eyes. This will be fun. Lift off. You're speeding away from Earth using your solid fuel engines, getting closer and closer to the Earth's atmosphere. And as you make your exit, you let go of your fairing, your outer shell that helps reduce air resistance, and initiate your second stage launchers. You're about to embark on a seven-month journey, traveling at a speed of more than 11 kilometers per second, 39,600 kilometers per hour, towards a red planet nearly 493 million kilometers away. You send a signal back to Earth, a pale blue dot behind you, letting everyone know that you've made it, that you're okay. You are going to Mars. So it was quite um, stressful, Uh, but at the same time I was proud. The moment the launch took place and then we identified the launch as a successful launch. This is Amran Sharaf, project director of the Emirates Mars mission, the first Arab uncrewed space exploration mission to successfully arrive at Mars. What you just listened to was the launch of this mission's protagonist, Ms. al Amel, the Hope Probe, on July 20th, 2020, complete with the first ever countdown to liftoff in the Arabic language done by Umran himself. The moment we received that first signal, I think an hour and 15 or an hour and 10 minutes after launch, that was a very very good moment because that's when we're like, okay, the spacecraft is working. Solar panels are deployed. Power systems are good. The communication is good. The spacecraft is stable. The propulsion is on. It's basically the fruits of the past six years. You see it as it gets born in front of you, gets alive in space. The Hope probe entered Mars's orbit on February 9th, 2021, just under eight months before Expo 2020 Dubai opened its doors. Now, you might be wondering, what does this mission, let alone space, have to do with the Expo? When it comes to Emirates Mars mission, the reason why we were able to deliver in half of the usual time that's required with a limited budget is because we worked with others. We collaborated. We didn't have multiple identities. We had one identity as the Emirates Mars mission team, regardless of our backgrounds. When it comes to Expo, again, a very important event bring people from different cultures, different backgrounds all together. It's about bridging the gaps. It's about emphasizing our identity as citizens of Earth rather than citizens of separate nations. In fact, space has been a part of World Expos as early as 1867. And in today's episode, we take a look at this rich history that culminates in Expo 2020 Dubai. How is the world's largest stage shooting for the stars, for infinity and beyond, for the next great frontier? I'm Noon Saleh, and this is Inside Expo, an official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai, where history is being made. To 
tell us more about the history of space at World Expos, we talked to the World Expo Encyclopedia himself, Charles Pappas, who also happens to like space. I'm in love with it. My room is plastered with space posters, especially of the solar system. I was in love with the planet Saturn. I mean, why couldn't other planets be cool like Saturn and have rings? It might be hard to think that people were thinking about space as far back as 1867, but true to their mission, Expos have always been forward-looking and ahead of their time. The French Exposition that year in Paris. And there was a man named Thomas Barlow who had perfected an orrery, which was a mechanical reproduction of parts of the solar system. And this orrery, this mechanical model, was this elegant glass and filigreed iron and wood model of the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and the moon. And it could show you on any given day for the entire 19th century what the relative position of those objects would be. Next thing up is 1876 Exposition in Philadelphia. But once again, the French are involved. There was a man named Etienne Trouvelot. He made his way to the United States. Now he started doing these gorgeous kind of watercolor-like illustrations of the moon, of Jupiter, of Saturn, of comets, of the constellations. They became so popular, he displayed them at the 1876 Expo. So fast forward. 1893 Expo in Chicago. Now we've got the Yerkes Telescope being put on display, world's largest refracting telescope. It's about 64 feet or about 19 meters long, has a 40-inch lens, which is about 102 centimeters. So right after the fair, this was put in the state of Wisconsin, Yerkes Observatory, where really it's considered to be the birthplace of astrophysics, thanks to this telescope that was on display at the expo and which had been heavily publicized so that there was a kind of a national knowledge about it. Expos helped translate this national knowledge into national interest over the next 50 or so years, leading us to what is now commonly known as the space race between the U.S. and Soviet Russia in the 1950s and 60s. The Russians kicked off this race by launching Sputnik 1, the first artificial Earth satellite, in 1957. Then they launched a human by the name of Yuri Gagarin. First man in space in April 1961. In May, you had Alan Shepard, the first American into space, take off. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. Kennedy stood before Congress on May 25th, 1961, and declared that the U.S. would launch a man to the moon and return him safely before the decade was out. So again, the race was real, but how we're going to use it and employ it, that's going to play out. And one of the places it really plays out first in the popular imagination in popular culture is the Century 21 Exposition. The Seattle World Expo of 1962, dubbed the Century 21 Expo, wanted to send the message to the public that space was fun, that space was cool, that space was almost inevitable. And we as humans were going there. This space obsession can perhaps be captured by two of the Expo's primary attractions, 
First up, the Space Needle. This is the actual view visitors will get as they dine atop the 50-story tower in a revolving restaurant that will take an hour to complete this circle. So you have this wonderful space-age structure, which, by the way, a man named Ed Carlson doodled out on a scratch pad one day over lunch. And it's roughly 605 feet tall, about 184 meters, and is deliberately designed based on the shapes of rocket ships and UFOs. The official colors were astronaut white, re-entry red, orbital olive, and galaxy gold. So you go up this huge, fast elevator, which is designed deliberately to look like space capsules with the viewing port. Then you go into the top, which is a revolving restaurant, and waitresses are clad in gold outfits, which kind of reflect later what you would see in Star Trek, Lost in Space, and other space-related popular culture of the era. Why, the Spacerium is a planetarium that will carry us out into space. Next up is Spacerium. So Boeing has its own display, the Spacerium, which is about, what, 23-meter screen, surrounds screen, that would show you a trip into space. The Space Needle and the Spacearium took exposed visitors to space, but other attractions like the monorail and General Motors' Firebird 3, basically a rocket on wheels, gave them a hint at what life in the space age might look like. Now, if this all reminds you of an episode of The Jetsons, you might be onto something. The animated sitcom premiered at the tail end of Century 21, and it's no surprise that the Expo's commercials look very much like an episode of the beloved Space Age series. We wanted to catch Charles's live reaction to one of those commercials that ran in 1962 to promote the Century 21 Expo. Everybody's planning to see Seattle's spectacular $100 million World's Fair. Oh. Now, this looks like a Jetsons cartoon. Mid-century illustration look. What does it have? It has a lightness. Fun. This is not the heavy-handedness of industrial space. This is the fun of what space will be. This is what we actually thought the world might be like very, very soon. That was the optimism of it. If it's one thing you can say about this expo, it was optimistic. That optimism continued till the end of the decade. The U.S. Pavilion at the Montreal Expo of 1967 had an exhibit called Destination Moon, where you could visit models of space capsules, see films and photos of launches, and read audio transcripts of astronaut conversations. The Russian Pavilion had models of the Sputnik satellite and a viewing room where you could experience a journey to Mars. Two years later, we achieved what was once thought to be impossible. Standing on the surface of the moon, on this July 20th, 1969. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong became the first man on the moon. Now, space was still a subject of interest in the few years following the moon landing, including a wildly popular display of actual rocks from the moon at the Osaka Expo of 1970. But the world gradually started trading in its obsession with space for concern over what was happening on Earth, from wars to environmental crises. Expos followed suit in that time period and over the next 50 years turned into a space for preparation almost. Preparation for the worst. But Expo 2020 Dubai looks to change that. 
What's kind of cool is that Expo 2020 has now brought back an interest in space in many ways. And really, I think a lot of it is due to the fact that the UAE launched and successfully orbited the HOPE satellite around Mars. Going to Mars is not the main goal here. It's a tool for a much bigger objective. Here's Imran again to tell us about the vision that accompanied the Emirates Mars mission. It's about inspiring Emirati youth and encouraging them to go into STEM. It's about creating a disruptive change in multiple sectors in the UAE that are critical to our future, that are critical to the future of our economy. It's about creating an ecosystem that is based on an advanced science technology sector that supports a competitive, creative and an innovative knowledge-based economy. And it's about also building capacity in the UAE to address certain national challenges when it comes to water resources and food resources, environmental challenges, and things like this. In 2013, Umran embarked on the journey of sending the HOPE probe to Mars, seven years before its launch in 2020. But they only had a few chances to get it right. Because you launch whenever Mars is closest to Earth, and Mars comes close to Earth once every two years. Basically, it was at that time 2014, then 2016, 2018, and 2020. For reference, missions like this one usually require 10 to 12 years to execute. The Emirates-Mars mission was executed in almost six. The reason why we were able to deliver the mission with such a limited time frame and budget is because we worked with our knowledge transfer partners, uh, University of Colorado at Boulder, Arizona State University also, and uh, University of California, Berkeley. 450 people worked on this mission. 200 Emiratis, 150 from our knowledge transfer partners, and about 100 subcontractors from around the world. All worked as one team, as the Emirates Mars mission team. And when the probe successfully inserted into Mars' orbit in February 2021. I was like, is this a dream? Is this, is this actually happening? <laughs> the feeling of relief, being relieved at the same time, you know, proud and uh, exhausted. We can hear people from outside like clapping and happy and that was a very, very, very important moment for all team members, I believe. In a similar way to the Emirates Mars mission, this year's expo looks to promote collaboration and multilateral cooperation between its 192 participating nations. This region, centuries ago, used to be an example of coexistence. People from different backgrounds lived together, built this region. Scientists from different backgrounds, different religions, came up with huge, important scientific findings that are today core to many of the things that we use in our lives. And having things like Expo, like MS Mars Mission, and an, an example of a nation like the UAE, which was able to reach Mars in less than 50 years, which was able to host Expo, a huge, important, cultural, scientific event in less than 50 years. It tells you something. And we hope that we're able to share this experience with other nations in the region and help everyone move forward. The Expo also looks to restore our faith in space. Remember the Boeing Spacearium from the 1962 Century 21 Exposition? The UAE has the Al-Wasl Dome, largest projection surface in the world. And they're going to be showing space-related films on it, like the Boeing Spacearium 
in Seattle in 1962, except the Spacearium was something like around, let's say, 23 meters long. I believe the dome is something like 130 by 67 meters. It is massive. So it's a supersized version of what happened in many ways in Seattle in 1962. The National Pavilions are also showcasing their space innovation. The U.S. Pavilion. Now, they have a replica of the SpaceX booster, which is something like 43 meters tall, if I recall correctly. It's a replica of the Falcon 9 booster that they're going to launch into space. And they'll also have a replica of one of the rovers, Mars rovers, in the U.S. Pavilion 2, probably Perseverance. The Italians are getting into it because they'll be showing a robotic arm that a company called Leonardo made for the Rosalind Franklin rover, which will be on the joint European Space Agency-Russian Roscosmos Agency mission to Mars coming up. In mid-October, Expo's program for People and Planet held its Space Week, focusing on the safe and productive exploration of space, with key speakers such as Umran himself. But all of this barely scratches the surface of the UAE's future plans in space. These include a mission to Venus and seven asteroids in the asteroid belt, as well as the first colony on Mars by the year 2117. I so want to see that because I know to imagine being finally on not just a moon, but another planet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to see. So why space now? Can space give us ideas for how to deal with our world's most pressing issues? If I have a farm that I live from, whatever this farm is generating, whether it's food or the water that water well it has, or the income I make from this farm, and there is an adjacent farm that basically all of a sudden dies as a farm. The, the plants go dead, the water goes dry. Something went wrong there, right? So we are in the same neighborhood. I need to know what happened there, because whatever happened there will, will affect me, will affect my life. So the same thing when it comes to outer space exploration. We have an example of a dead planet, Mars, a planet that scientists believe that more than four billion years ago used to be similar to Earth. Something went wrong there and turned it into a dead planet and started losing its atmosphere, and it became a toxic planet. So understanding what happened to Mars and what's happening around Mars will help us better understand what's happening around us and what's happening on Earth also. This is why space exploration is very important. We need to know what's going around us because it's going to affect our lives, if not today, in the future. And I believe that's partly what Expo 2020 can show us and hopefully be, like the other great expos, a tipping point for those ideas. Because if it's a tipping point for those ideas, it gains mass acceptance. It gains the backing of the people. And that's what's vital to a World Expo. Not just to look cool, but hit that tipping point so that we accept this as something we need to do, not just want to do. Inside Expo takes you behind the scenes at Expo 2020 Dubai, sharing our stories and others across the 170-year history of this global event. Learn more by visiting virtualexpodubai.com. Interested in learning more about space exploration in the context of Expo 2020 Dubai? 
Listen to the first episode of People and Planet, the official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai's program for People and Planet, featuring Dr. Maggie Adderin Pakok. Inside Expo was produced by Kerning Cultures Network. We release episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Subscribe to Inside Expo on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends and leave us a review.